Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Thursday, March 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is saying happy birthday to my brother, Josh. And once again, it's our podcast and I get to do these things. So happy birthday, brother. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to preview tonight's matchup against the St. Louis Blues. Blues have had an interesting path recently, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. We are going to look at the Flyers prospects in the NCAA Frozen Four tournament and then do our weekly regular prospect profile, looking at draft-eligible prospect Jordan Gustafson. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button, and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. So sort of all quiet on the Western Front from the Flyers yesterday, travel day uh, for them you know, one of these longer road trips they've taken Mm -hmm. this season. We find ourselves in St. Louis for tonight's game, first of a back-to-back, which is a real tough one, I gotta say. Given everything, now they have to go back-to-back against the Blues and the Avs. In St. Louis, if you recall the last time we saw the Blues, which was on February 22nd, so not that long ago, the Flyers lost four to one, and it was one of those things where uh, Jordan Bennington was trying to get his mojo back, and mm-hmm. he certainly did. <laughs> um, he had been struggling for the Blues. Our old pal Braden Shen scored in that game, but the Flyers did hang on okay. I mean, it was for dear life, but it was okay until the third. Uh, Tarasenko scored the game-winning goal, kind of mid-period, third period. And then the Blues got two empty netters at the end. You know, the Flyers are having a tough time of it on the road. I mean, they're having a tough time of it, period. <laughs> but but they're pathetic on the road. They are. Yeah, so that loss in Detroit was their 13th road loss in a row. And just for reference, the worst streak on the road the Flyers have ever had was way back in 1971-72. There were ties back then, so they went 0-15-4 in that period of time. So they're getting close with 13. We would hope to see it end, but, you know, again, St. Louis and Colorado are tough opponents to win against on the road. Now, the Blues are in second place in the Central Division right now, but they're only one point above Minnesota and Nashville, who's in the first wildcard spot in the West right now. They had been comfortably in a playoff spot, but now things are a little dicey, and so wins are important to them. Yeah, no question, and the noose is tightening a little. Uh, you know, Minnesota, with all the moves, is definitely chasing them. The, the Bennington thing's funny. Uh, I hear little rumblings that they might try and shop him in the summer because Billy Huso's looked so good and maybe that helps mm-hmm. him with the cap too. So that, that is possible. So again, I feel like we're going to see his best game because he needs to right. keep, 
keep his standing. I know Braden Shen's going to score. Like, that's obvious. Like, nobody should expect anything less. Um, but this is going to be a physical game, and this is going to be one where it's not just physicality from, like, you know, one tough guy to Zach McEwen. It's throughout the lineup. And so that's, you know, they just play heavy. And so that's where this game will um, will get challenging. I think the Flyers' top two lines are sort of energized, um, but they're not the biggest lines. And so we'll see how they sort of fare against um, this bigger team. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what Mike Yo does in terms of lines and the lineup and the matchups. I mean, obviously on the road, you don't have the advantage of last change, but at the same time, you know, he can be strategic about this if he wants to be, but things are just kind of in a blender right now, as it seems. So I'm not sure what he's going to to put together, but it is interesting in St. Louis right now uh, for a couple of reasons, in addition to their struggles. You know, they just won against the Caps 5-2, to two, but mm-hmm. prior to that, they had lost three in a row to Columbus, the Penguins, and the Jets. And, you know, things have been uneven, and they've had some injury woes, but I think they've battled through them a little bit better than maybe the Flyers have this season, but at the same time, they have significant pieces out. And you know, Rob Thomas has been out. Tory Krug actually left the game against Washington. He got slashed. Um, he could have a broken thumb, but as of recording, I'm not sure what his status is. But that would be, you know, a, a big loss defensively for them. Yeah, that would be big. I mean, he is a um, a big guy for them, and again, he. Does some well on the power play. He's feisty, but he's also tough. So I'm I'm going to still think he's going to be in there. We shall see on that front. But one of the things that the Blues had done at the trade deadline was picking up Nick Letty from Detroit. And um, he was paired up with Colton Pareko for his first game with St. Louis. And apparently they looked pretty good. Yeah, I could see that being an interesting pairing. I mean, Letty, you know, still has good speed and and Pareko can do everything. And so I would want to pair with Colton Pareko. I think he can make me look good. Well, that's fair. But um, (laughs) I do think that, like I said, we are in this position where... The Flyers' goals right now to try and figure out what we've got in some of the younger guys and be creative and put some different combinations of people together. You know, I don't know if we'll see Joel Farabee at center again, but I I do think that what the Blues need to accomplish versus what the Flyers need to accomplish don't exactly match up entirely. (laughs) And so I'm just hoping that, you know, they can get something out of this in a positive way especially like I said given the back-to-back mm-hmm. I think that it seems like they would put Jones in against St. Louis and Harden against Colorado but I think that especially in front of Jones the Flyers are going to need to tighten up defensively over what they get, did against Detroit which was just too loosey-goosey yeah I, it was too loosey-goosey and so hopefully like you said they they do a tweak here and realize, okay, I just feel like they need to actually look at the matchups. I just don't feel like they looked at the matchups that game. I think they went with what you said and said, ah, it's going to be weird anyhow. 
So we'll just sort of change things around as the game went on. But I, you know, I didn't feel like there was an actual game plan, and that's maybe why they pulled a goalie with three minutes to go. Um, I, I'd like to see a little more of a game plan. Yeah, I, I would too, because again, you know, we want to see these games accomplish something, and right. confidence is one of those things that they need to accomplish. And so, if they're not being deployed properly and getting beaten down, that is not going to help in any way, shape, or form. So, I would hope that Mike Yo would would put his best foot forward here, so to speak, in terms of trying to get the most effective matchups to give this team a shot. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's uh, what a lot of Flyers fans would like to see. Uh, wins aside, if you're if you're not going to win games, you want to at least feel like things are happening. Something and look, you just just to get through this year, you want to just see things that you could say. All right, this might carry over to next year. Okay, this might carry over to next year. So that's like nothing in yesterday's game would carry over to next year. It's funny. I keep thinking about this because, you know, at the beginning of the season, we each did our bold prediction for the season yeah. for the Flyers. And my past self was uh, very wrong. Very, very wrong. I-, I said that the Flyers were going to be fun this year. <laughs> and so I think that. Do you feel bad me, about I- that now? I feel extremely bad about it now. <laughs> But I would hope that the Flyers could kind of think about that and say, you know what, win or lose, I want to have fun playing hockey. Hockey is a fun game. It is. I would like to have fun watching the Flyers for these last 20-ish games that, that the team has left. And so I just want this team to be fun. Do things that are exciting and fun, and I will be happy, win or lose. Yeah, my bold prediction will be wrong, too. I said Farabee would lead the team in goals. Didn't expect him to be out so long. Goals per game, he's doing pretty good, but he's not going to do that. So, you know, I was wrong, too. Well, we are both smart for not making bets on either of our bold (laughs) predictions, but we certainly appreciate the ability to do so. And we're going to talk about our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So I am super excited to be talking about the Frozen Four tournament right Mm -hmm. now. College hockey is so much fun. And there are quite a number of teams with Flyers prospects in them that have been selected or earned berths in this tournament. And I will say, though, it is like kind of funny. I mean, it's sad funny. But one of the four regionals for this tournament is in Allentown. Uh, where the Phantoms play at the uh, PPL Center, and none of the Flyers' prospects teams are in that region. (laughs) No, I'll be there, though. I'm raising my hand. I'll be there. Come by and say hi. 
Well, and Michigan will be there. Yes. And Michigan is a heavy favorite in this tournament. And they have a ton of great hockey players. So honestly, if you have a shot to be there and get a ticket to see Michigan, it will be absolutely worth it. And I highly yeah. recommend it because they're a very fun team. And they have a free agent or two worth watching. So you never know if they turn into Flyers. That's a fair point. All right. So looking at the regional out in Loveland, Colorado, uh, they play Thursday and Saturday, and we have uh, two Flyers prospects in that region. We have Bobby Brink for the University of Denver and uh, Noah Cates at Minnesota Duluth. I think it's crazy that those two teams are in the same region. I might have liked to see them split up. I know Minnesota mm-hmm. Duluth is a two seed in the region, and so that's where the chips fell. But man, I, I don't know, because those are two of my favorite teams in the whole tournament. No, I can see it. I mean, I never get too wrapped up in the teams. I always talk to players and follow players. And then when it gets down to tournament time, I, I look a little more at the teams. But um that's just how I sort of cover it. Uh, that's how I've been doing it for a long time. But what's funny in the, in, in this game is Noah Cates, may, his job may be to shut down Bobby Brink. Like that may be yep. his number one job. And I got to well, tell you. In the, in the second round. In the second round if it happens. In the that's first right. round. But yes, still. If that happens. But talking about Brink, he, um, he, he's managed to stay healthy, which is great. Um, that's one of the things he's had some issues with because it wasn't so much that he was injury prone, but, but more like he would kind of put himself in a bad position and get injured. So if he stopped doing that, that could really be a big boon for his game. But, you know, the skill levels there, he could play with almost anybody. He'll be a top liner for them. He'll see tons of minutes, power play, everything else. He will be very noticeable. So that's, that's a big deal for, um, for Denver. Yeah, and with Noah Cates, I think you know one of the reasons, at least that we were told, that he went back to Minnesota Duluth instead of signing with the Flyers, he felt like he had unfinished business. And he is a leader on this team, and uh, I think that he just has a huge weight on his shoulders, but he thrives on that, to be honest. And I think that you know, Minnesota Duluth has something to prove overall, too. So I'm very excited to see Noah play in this tournament. Yeah, Noah's sneaky fast, and, and he really is a, a good playmaker, has a good shot, plays good defense, uh, will push guys off the puck. He really is a, a complete player, especially at this level. What's interesting is I, I wrote a book a couple of years ago called Sticks and Stones, a college book. I interviewed both him and Jackson at Flyers camp, and and both of them are such competitors. Like, you know, it's no shock to me that Noah Mm -hmm. wanted to go back and try and win again because he just loves winning, and he's been able to do it. And so this would be a big feather in his cap if he could somehow win again. Jackson and Noah together at Flyers camp were fun to watch. They uh, were. They got put on a line together in some of the scrimmages. So hopefully Noah will sign, but uh, we'll see what happens out of this tournament. All right, looking at the Worcester, Massachusetts regional, uh, we have Ronnie Adderd, who plays for Western Michigan. They're the three seed overall in the tournament. They're facing Northeastern first uh, in, in this regional. And then uh, Bryce Brodzinski, who plays for University of Minnesota, is also in this region in the other game uh, playing UMass first. Yeah, so, you know, Ronnie's got a... a- a heavy shot. He he plays good defense. He's not like super overly physical, but you know he he'll use his size. 
but it's not like the biggest part of his game. The biggest part of his game is he's actually a really good skater, really good puck mover, and a good offensive defenseman. So this is something where this is like really big for his development because again, he was a guy that was passed over in the draft and the Flyers drafted him and and that was a uh, a big step in him getting to this point and he's still going to take a little while even after this point. You can't just look at him at his size and say, "Oh, he's ready for the NHL" because there's some other mm-hmm. things he had to do to sort of get to this point, and I feel like he's got a little more work to do. I can see that. We also have the regionals in Albany and uh, a lesser known Flyers prospect. Gavin Hain plays for the University of North Dakota. They're facing Notre Dame first. Gavin Hain was a 2018 round six pick, and we haven't really heard much about him in the last couple of years, but North Dakota, I think, is a team that could surprise a lot of people. Yeah, North Dakota is always tough. I mean, they're always going to play a rugged sort of defensive game, but they do usually have speedy forwards, and and he's one of them, and and he's a good playmaker. Uh, He's a a really good guy. Like, he's a very level-headed sort of guy. He's he's good in the locker room. You want this guy on the ice and in key situations. Uh, He's just not like a a star or anything like that but you know it does kind of go back to his um his days with the ntdp he was with them for a little while i Mm -hmm. like him as a player i don't know if he'll actually be a flyer because they have enough centers and it's just kind of like he's a little you know he's 511 and that's sort of like doesn't seem like that's what the uh flyers are looking for anymore uh we'll see but Yeah, it's probably a long shot. But in this tournament, he'll be very effective. I think so, too. I mean, you know, Notre Dame is always tough, and they've been known to pull upsets. So I would not be shocked if Notre Dame won. But at the same time, I think this particular North Dakota team may be a little bit stronger. And so, I don't know. We'll see. But the whole tournament looks like a ton of fun. I would say, interestingly, it's pretty stacked to the West, where, like, a lot of your Boston area teams didn't make it this time around, which adds like a little bit of an interesting flavor to it overall. I do feel that way. Um, I do pay more attention to the East. I do have kind of like an Eastern bias when when it comes to these things. Uh, but I do have to agree with your assessment there. You know, the interesting thing about Notre Dame is when I was interviewing Cutter Gauthier when he said he was going to go there, and I think he's since changed his mind. Uh, They're not as defensive-minded as they used to be, even though they have the same coach, and he, you know, Jeff Jackson used to be a flyer. Um, He's sort of moved off of that now, and and they've gotten more offensive over the years, and I think they've been able to attract more talent as a result. So they kind of, you know, do go with more puck moving and and more offense now. That is interesting because I do remember that from a couple of years ago, especially. I think it was the last Frozen Four before COVID where Notre Dame played really well and they were pretty strong defensively. Yeah, like I said, Cutters talked me out of it because he spoke to the coaching staff and said that, yeah, that used to be a bigger focus. That doesn't mean they're bad defensively. They're never going to be bad with that coach, but it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. There's a lot of hockey to be played and, you know, obviously depending on how this tournament plays out will depend on the timing of the Flyers potentially signing Bobby Brink or Ronnie Adderd, 
uh, and, you know, and Noah Cates. And I think it's been very clear that, at least from Chuck Fletcher's perspective, those are the three that are most important to him of, of all the Flyers prospects that are out there. So, um, you know, we want them to go far in the tournament or as far as they can. Obviously, they have to face each other at some point, but... Uh, you know, and want them to be successful. But at the same time, we're kind of paying attention to when are they out of the tournament and see if they'll potentially join the Phantoms at any point. Yeah, that's what all fans usually look for. But it is fun to watch them for this. I remember watching Cam York a few years ago when I was Mm -hmm. in Allentown in between games watching on TV. So now, you know, it'll be fun to see Michigan. I that's a team who I do think can win it all, fought it all year. Uh, Generally speaking, those teams usually don't win in college hockey with the um, superstar lineups because they generally um, win with older players like Gossip Spirit did with Union at the time. They have, you know, exactly. they had some young players. But, you know, this is a super talented team and they've gotten this far. And now that they've got a little bit of confidence, I, I think they can do it. Like I said, Minnesota Duluth is my... They're not really underdogs. But no, you like, can't say that. They are not. <laughs> but they are they're the not number one seed in a region <laughs> that right. I think has the biggest shot of winning. They're the the number two seed uh, that has the biggest shot of winning, in my opinion. But, you know, anything can happen in these tournaments. So it should be a lot of fun. We are continuing our look to the future with a draft eligible prospect in Jordan Gustafson. All right, Russ, Jordan Gustafson. So you brought him to my attention as a potential Flyers draft pick for this upcoming draft. And he's a really interesting guy to take a look at. Right now, he's on the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL. He's got 50 points in 55 games, uh, 22 goals, 28 assists, which essentially uh, doubled his points per game from last season to this season, which is huge. He has been playing in all situations. He's kind of average size, I would say, for an 18-year-old. He's just under six feet and about 180. Mm -hmm. So that kind of checks out for an 18-year-old hockey player. But looking at all the draft boards uh, where they are right now he seems to be projected late second round or anywhere in the third round depending on what list you look at and you know with the flyers not having a second rounder but having a third rounder i think that you know if he's up there in the third round he could be a, a good option but what do you like about him well, this first I'm going to go against the field and say that I have him around 26th as far as being ranked, which means he could go anytime at the end of the first or early part of the second. He is, by the time this airs, he will have played in the top prospects game, and that sometimes a good showing, and that will um will raise a, a his um his value too. Um, I what I like about him is he if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. He's really smart. He, if you have him on the power play, he's one of those guys that will creep in or look to make a pass at the last minute or shoot. He has no problem shooting. He's got a great wrist shot where he could really pick it. He's also, if he's down low, he could be very tricky and he can go around for that um, wraparound and, and do it in quick time. He's got um, very good skating ability. His two-way play is good. I don't know if it's great because I haven't seen enough of that in action to fully be able to do it. He's a guy that I've only recently sort of discovered and have been really digging into him. But 
like you said, plays in all situations, plays with a lot of confidence, seems to be an on-ice leader for the team. He won't be there by the third round. So if the Flyers wait till the third round, and they won't, um, I don't think he'll be there. I think he's going to be one of these guys that starts gaining a lot of steam right after the top prospects game, hopefully through the combine, if we have a combine, which I think we will. So there are these guys that sort of go unnoticed, and Seattle is one of those markets. Seattle is one of those markets where, and it's not because they're in a WHL, but it's kind of because they're in a WHL in the States. And so that's sort of always like, puts them not on the national scale, but they've had a lot of players um, come through and play in the NHL and, and be, you know, and be very good players. So I think enough scouts know about them. I know they do. And, and they certainly go out there and see them. And I think, you know, like media is sometimes late in, in picking out some of their guys. So this has been a big boom year for him. Uh, it happens it happens all the time with players. Uh, like you said, he's right around the size that's really kind of ideal and he could still grow. There's a lot of things to like here. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Now, you know, obviously, like you said, if he does move up in the rankings, is he somebody that's worth making a trade to move up in the draft for, do you think? Or do you think there'll be somebody with equivalent skill that they could just wait for? Well, it's it's funny because, you know, like one of those stars that came out of Seattle was Matt Barzell, and he's not fast like Matt Barzell is. But Matt Barzell has had a little trouble too the last year. Um, I don't think you would trade up for him. I think he's one of those guys that you start looking at, like, you know, you, you take your first pick, it's off the board. Then depending on where you pick again, you're you're seeing where he is on the board, and if he... If you, if you lap him twice and then you have a chance to get him with that third time, whatever, you know, that may be for the Flyers, then that's when you got to take him. Like, that's right. the way I look at it. I don't think they'll they'll trade up for him. But again, I could even change my own mind here, too, and go against everything I'm saying in a month. <laughs> simply Simply because I'm finding out more and more about him in the last couple of weeks. So the reason I brought him his name on this show is because he is one of those guys that is starting to really get on the radar for everybody. And, and so, and you know, I'll speak to him next week. I'm told, so I'll have even more on him. but that's the thing. It's like when that happens with a player, you know, David Juracek's never playing the rest of the season. Right. But he's pretty, pretty solidified probably in, you know, the top seven picks in this draft, but a guy like this, can continue to prove himself and really start making a dent in everybody's rankings just simply because we know more about him now and are starting to see things. Well, I think it sounds like he's somebody you put on your draft board and you just kind of wait and see what happens. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think your point about the WHL and its reputation relative to the other junior leagues uh, is valid. And, you know, people do overlook it a lot of the time. So, you know, I think he he does sound like a guy that you, like I said, you put his name on your list. And if he's there at the right point in the draft, maybe you take a shot with him. Yep, that's exactly right. All right. Well, 
there's a, a lot of hockey going on right now, not just the Flyers. We talked about the Frozen Four tournament that's starting this weekend. Also starting this weekend, which is our a fun thing for today, is the PHF's playoffs. And that's the Premier Hockey Federation, which is the Women's Pro League that we have right now. And they are doing their playoff tournament all in Tampa in Florida, which is really a fun way to do it. And their top two teams are Connecticut and Toronto. They have a bye in the first round. So the other teams are going to battle it out. And it should be a really fun playoffs for the PHF. So they are on uh, everything's on ESPN plus or ESPNU, I think for the, the frozen four but you should be able to watch all of this hockey via the ESPN app if you have it. So highly recommend just watch hockey all weekend. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll, although I'll probably pull for the whale. I, I like the whale. Me too. I, I really, really hope the whale win. Although Toronto is really good. So they are. I, wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if they won either. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Flyers versus Blues game from tonight. We're going to talk about the matchup against the Avs coming up. And it's Friday. We're going to have our gritty thing of the week. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of goodbye best friend Claude content there. But uh, it'll be good. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you've got draft questions or prospect questions, send them in via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.